I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Breakfast Police Circus. My name is Cliff. Hello. I'm Rusty Pouch. Rusty Pouch, okay. Rusty nice Pouch. To, nice to see you, Rusty. Um, and Pouch. tonight we've got a very special guest as my dad, Brian Clifford, is sitting in the room with Brett. Hello, Dad, Brian. How are you? Hello, Paul. I'm Champion. I'm glad to be on the show tonight. Yes, and I'm very happy to see you. Was, uh, very proud to have you on and looking forward for your pick which is Flight of the Navigator. We're going to talk, on to talk about that in a little bit. And keeping it in the yep. family, we're going to have music from my brother, your other uh, second son, Daniel Clifford, at the end. Under his amateur ornithologist, guys, which we've had on once before. But before that, Brett, what have you been up to this week? How have you been? I've been at work, and that's that's about the top and bottom of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched a bit of football, I watched England matches and stuff like that, but uh, a lot of goals. apart from that, not much, watching Game of Thrones with the band and stuff like that. I think if you score 10 in a game, you go through. Automatically, <laughs> yeah. exactly, that's, that's the way it works. Do you think that you could play for San Marino? I I've mean, thought not about this before. that you're wearing. I've thought about this before. What, what's wrong with this? It's got flames. Well, it's got your initials on. It's a training top. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, don't need them on. Saying about who could play for San Marino, I think I could, even at my age. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give them this. I'll give them, I'll give them one thing. They didn't have 10 back in defence. That was one good thing about them, at least to try to play. Oh, so right. Right. Did they get have any attempts or anything? Yes, ah, two. Uh, uh-huh. One was a deflection that the keep, our keeper... Aye. Just saved by his fingertips, Aye, and it would have. Right. Uh, it it was a soft shot, but because it got a deflection, nearly went in, mm-hmm. and so they were very lucky with that. Well, it scored against him before, haven't they? Yeah, I, I was going to say they scored first in that game, didn't they? The second. <laughs> <laughs> when we need to beat them eight 0 they scored first. Aye, that's right. <laughs> Something Aye. like that. That, that was it. Yeah, talking talk about football, Dad. Your old schoolmate. There's a documentary coming out about Brian Robson next week. Who? Yeah, <laughs> he like yeah. I wouldn't say he was a mate. He was somebody I went to school. Oh, who went to school with me? I know. I know. He went to school with you. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's what he says on documentaries. <laughs> that's the whole documentary. Looking yeah. for Brian Clifford. Uh, I think I've got one of the most monotone voices out. You know, I try to change it so that my voice goes up. But Brian Robson's voices. 
so monotone that it is. <laughs> the best, the best thing about Brian Robson is when he signed for Middlesbrough and there's that picture of him wearing a suit jacket, but football shorts doing a kick up. That's the oh, best thing I've ever done. <laughs> I never cared. I never cared for the bloke, and I didn't care for him as a footballer either. Well, he was made to look very, very good. <laughs> you know, at school, Brian, did he always have like a broken arm? No, he always seemed to have a broken arm. No, didn't you, he? you know what it is? At school, it was a case of give him a ball, and it, while we were playing, we had a great team. I must admit, we had twelve lads who were really good footballers. It was a case of Vote give him a ball and... on the team. No, no, I've won too many. Really <laughs> one so. and, I know, uh, man. <laughs> like you, give, you, give, you give him a ball, and it was like, give a ball to everybody else because he never passed it at all. And if he, it was a case of he picked it up at the halfway line and he'd go past as many people as he could and take a shot. Greedy bugger. He was. He wasn't a team <laughs> player at the time. Mm. And uh, it was a good job he got picked up when he got picked up because... Uh, otherwise, he would never have made it as a footballer. <laughs> well, look, lucky for him because he went on to have a decent career, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give him that. I mean, he made the best of his uh, of his abilities. We'll say. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Just well, like you, Cliff. I know the best of my abilities <laughs> playing seven aside. <laughs> well, I must. I'll give. I'll give. I'll give you this, though, Paul. I played football longer than he did, so. <laughs> Even though he was there, yeah, I played better than me. Oh yeah, I played. T- I played football at the same at the same level till I was forty-four. <laughs> he only lasted till he, he only lasted till he was thirty-one or thirty-two. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, my dad was just telling us that he had some Japanese food. So, I, and I didn't hear what it was. So, tell us again what it is, because Wardy definitely well, doesn't want to do it. It was. It, it was just. It was a ready meal. You stick it in the oven for. Or the frying pan. One one was an oven meal. The other one was a um, stir what? fry. Yeah, in the, the and it was <laughs> Japanese style beef, and it was very tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Japanese beef was Japanese style beef was sweet flavored um, sauces that were on it. Okay, and uh, like honey and stuff like that. So it was, but it was very nice. It's yeah, but with any rice that... or noodles or anything, what did it come with? No, because. Um, the week before, I'd I'd got um, the Japanese. Sorry, it wasn't Japanese chicken. It was Japanese uh, pork, Japanese style pork, and uh, it was two huge pieces of meat inside, and I couldn't even eat them both. I cooked them, not thinking they would shrink right down to next to nothing as meat generally does, and uh, there were two massive pieces of meat, and I'm glad I didn't put any rice with them. So this week I didn't, and uh, I had to have some big piece of cake up after it. <laughs> where, where did you get it? Mr. Morrison's. Yeah, off the um, off the meat ca- next to the meat counter right there. That's the Morrison's at Jarrow. Oh, Morrison's Jarrow. Anybody who's gone. Okay. Well, that's that's all. All sounds very good. The only thing I managed to watch this week, and I squeezed it in last night, was Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we we'll all watched that, haven't we? Yeah, do you, know, do you know why I'm called Rusty Pouch? <laughs> Got no idea because he's in Flight of the Navigator, Rusty Pouch. Somebody called that. Aye, I think it's the big bloke who was staying at the UFO. 
think he's rusty poached <laughs> staring at it. Well, the one who was in Gog. <laughs> in the petrol station. I think the fuel so. station. He's down his petrol uh, attendant or whatever. Aye, so okay. it, it must have been him. Okay. So yeah, what a great name that is, isn't it? Rusty Pouch. It's a brilliant name. Huh? I, I, I like it. It's fit. It suits well, you. Seeing about names like that, I know this is going off track a bit. I once won a thousand pound off the radio. If you remember when we went to the Isle of Wight, uh, I remember, yeah. And I got this telephone call the the morning we were going to go to the Isle of Wight, uh-huh. and this fella off long wave radio, <laughs> long wave. <laughs> we were ex-directory telephone number at the time. Said, told us, told us me name, and he says, uh, "Can it?" Asked us a question, and if I got it right, I would win a thousand pound. I got the question right. I thought it was my mate David Clark to tell you the truth, because he's always he was always doing that sort of thing. And this fellow's name was called Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, DJ for as when you had DJs on so radio. How did they just get your number? Having a clue. Don't know. I no idea. No. Nah. They just. Do you think they've, they've like dialed one number incorrectly? And Possibly. Did, well, and no, one knew who, no one knew who I was. I knew who we were. Right. Uh-huh. So, so he rang what. you up and said and told you your name. Yeah. He says, <laughs> oh, I went, yeah. He says, uh, I'm Dusty Rhodes from Long Wave Radio. I went, yeah, I read Davy. I said Dusty. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, who's going to say Dusty Rhodes? You know what I mean? Can okay, remember and, the question? Uh, Yes, I know what it was. During the, during the radio program on a morning, they give you a number which is pence out of a pound. And, and that morning, the amount, the amount of pennies in the pound was 72. Right? So he asked you the question, how many pence was it in the question this morning? Mm-hmm. And I went, all right, dearie, 365. He says, it's got to be under 100. It's pence in a pound. So that's a, I can't say, aye, whatever, Davy. I says, I says, whatever. <laughs> Did he not ask why you won't call them Davy? No. <laughs> so he says, name's no, Rusty. No, man. no, he just says, I'm Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> so I says, okay, then 72. And I just said 72. He goes, Brian Clement, you have now won £1,000 and 72 pence. I went, aye. <laughs> and I swore him on the radio, you see. So he says, oh, I don't do that, I don't do that. We're on the radio and lovely. He says, we're recording it just in case. He says, so I'll ask you again what the question was. It's a 72 pence. Dusty. He <laughs> says, Brian Clement, you have now won £1,000 and 72 pence. Get in it. So I went, yeah, thanks very much. He says, no, I should be really happy about it. And you had a saying this. I listened to Long Wave Radio, bloody bloody. Yeah, yeah. Two five two long wave radio. That's what it was. So I says, "Yeah, I've won a thousand pound and seventy two pence." Trying to sound enthusiastic, you know. <laughs> and uh, so he says, uh, "He says, what are you going to do with your money?" I says, "Well, to tell you the truth, we're going on holiday today. As soon as I put this phone down, I'm going to buy some magazines at the paper shop, and then we're going to go to the Isle of Wight on a coach trip. <laughs> a thousand pounds says, well, enjoy magazine. your money." He says, "He says it'll be in your bank on uh, when you come back." So anyway, did we say they were talking about Flight of the Navigator here? Dusty Flight Rusty. Navigator, yeah. <laughs> Navigator. Brett, uh-huh. tell us what it is. Uh, it's quite long-winded, this. Um, is it? I, I think. Uh, well, it, for uh, an explanation, it's probably too long-winded for the show or the programme <laughs> or what, TV. Yeah, there you follow. 
Whatever it is. Who knows? <laughs> well, it was a film, and it was, a, a, film. Two, it was a two-part television series as well. Was it? I yes, didn't know there that. you go. So, Flight of the Navigator is a 1986 science fiction adventure in which a 12-year-old boy is accidentally knocked out in the forest near his home. <laughs> That's the start of it. But when he awakens, eight years have passed. His family are overjoyed to have him back, but are confused. As to why he hasn't aged. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, a NASA scientist discovers a UFO. David gets a chance to unravel the mystery and recover his lost life. Yeah. After the UFO is discovered. Uh, yeah. So is, is that it? That, I think that's a good description of it. Was it long-winded? It was all right. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, I'm not. So I, I think I. Missed the bit that connects him coming back. The air, the the airship, the, the spaceship, the airship, and and how he gets back involved with it again. Why is he at NASA? Right. Well, That's the bit that I missed. Well, this is this is this is what I thought was very odd. He had to go because he's been knocked out for eight years, and he's he's still eight. He's, Age, age he was when he went missing uh-huh. and everybody else has grown older for obvious reasons he has to go to the hospital to get tests, he gets blood tests he gets you know all sorts of bodily tests but he also do a, um, a sort of brain test on him to put microbes and stuff on his head look, hook him up to a computer and this computer is then going absolutely crazy and it brings up a diagram of the spaceship, mm-hmm. which they don't take any notice of because they can't really understand what this outline of this mm-hmm. thing is that is um, that that's come up on the on the the computer or the printout, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, little bit later on, after he's still in hospital, they've got to keep him in hospital for obvious reasons. Uh, the NASA scientists find out that the hospital that the kids been in have come up with this. Diagram of the spaceship that they have now got in that they've just found in the oh, in the hangar. Seat, so yeah, so they put the they put the two together and think, well, this kid has been missing for eight years. Maybe he's had something to do with the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. So they take him into NASA. The NASA scientists take him into the NASA hangar, sort of lock him up, and uh, they do lock him up. Oh yeah, they lock him up, <laughs> and. Uh, he can't give him choice. Yes, he can't get out, but people can get in to see him. Yeah. So apart from his family, of course. So anyway, uh, and then the spaceship keeps doing funny things, and he keeps having dreams and nightmares of him being interlocked with this spaceship. And uh, there's a girl comes in to feed him, you know, bring me meals and what have you, but she's got this little robot sort of travelator thing that comes with her. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like K9 off Doctor Who without right. the head. Mm-hmm. Yep, you yep. Know? that's good. Yep. What was he called again? That oh, I can't remember what it was called. I forgot to write uh, it down. Is it Arthur? No. <laughs> Something like that. Arthur. Is it Arthur? Ralph. It was Ralph. Because ra- <laughs> the, the girl was uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker of all people. Aye. Do you think she was a little bit too flirty with that kid? Next to she. She grabs him by the face and says, "You're cute." At one point, like, yeah, she's, it's, it's <laughs> apart from the age difference, it's inappropriate when he's he's in a care. 
course, he's not he's not that much younger than her when you think about it. Well, he's not with the eight years difference. Exactly. <laughs> He'd be 20. So, um, What's happening now? I don't know. Somebody's creeping in behind her. Uh, and the, the thing is, because he, he throws again, no, I'm just because not he's got this... Um, <laughs> <laughs> because he's got this little robot thing, it's just big enough for him to get after a few days of her coming uh, in and out. The robot's just big enough for him to get inside. Convenient, and she, that, yeah, isn't it? And she programs it for to take him to where the spaceship is. Oh, that's a bit and I miss as well. I wondered like how he got in it and it just took him and he knew where it was going to go because he's just inside and he can't control it. Yeah, well, she programmed it, you see, somehow. I it, think I missed that. Bit, like... it, doesn't, it doesn't actually show you, so you, you yeah. imagine that just happened. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, because, I thought I missed it. <laughs> well, because she says beforehand, it does what it does what I tell him to do. Yeah. So but, sometimes it, but sometimes it messes up. That's right, I. And, okay. um, of course, when he gets to where the spaceship is, he now recognises the spaceship because of his nightmares and dreams and things mm -hmm. and the picture and from the, the picture. hospital. Aye. So, um, and it opens for him, doesn't it? Yes. Because like it, it will And as soon as it, as soon as he does. walks up towards it, NASA and everybody have been trying to open it up and what have you, they can't. And as soon as he walks up to the front of it, these magic steps just open these floating steps of all things, mm -hmm. which when you think of the time, those were. It was very good animation on that uh, program, mm -hmm. and these floating steps drop down in front of the spaceship, and they call him in. Aye. Call him by, the, the spaceship calls this him. This is where it starts getting good because most of this has yeah. just been tests up <laughs> to this point. Yeah, it? and then yeah. that's when the film starts. <laughs> yeah. That's when you realise this is how this is where he's been. You're, so, you're right, Brian, because this was one of the first uses of CGI. Did you know that? There you go. I mm -hmm. didn't. It was the first time that. There's when those uh, steps come down and it goes like all all drippy and silvery. Um, yes. Like the T-1000 in yeah, Terminator. Exactly, that, yeah, yeah. It's the first time that effect had been used later done with in that Terminator 2 film with, with a bit more yeah, advanced than that. But this was this was it. That was that was the first one. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a few like things like that in this. I think that's obviously marks it out as being kind of Ahead of its time a bit, I suppose. <laughs> those are those, yeah, yeah, those those animations and and, and graphics. Um, but Brett, were people just obsessed with robots in the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I was. Uh, you know but everything I mean? was like oh, every telly show, all films, yeah. and you know you what Rocky Five or Four, whatever that one is with the with the robot. Yeah, they've got a robot uh, on that. They've got a robot on that, have they? I think so. Oh, I didn't know. Didn't know. Uh, I well, I was. I mean, the Transformers and stuff. Oh, he's got eagles or something coming. Fireworks again. <laughs> Those fireworks. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I like the uh, the robots. Can you remember them big robots that you used to be able to get that had fire that shot at their mouths? <laughs> no. I went to some very strange car wood sales guy. <laughs> Can you remember? He used, he used to have sparks that day. Um, Shut out the mouths. Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the you know, metal, like that big, these those yeah. ones. Uh huh. <laughs> them ones, I. So, so they were good. I, I like that one. What, what do you think of the music? Because the music at the start 
is some of the worst music I've ever heard. <laughs> so no. Where the, uh, the dogs are so ca- the, catching the... So the, I like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the things I always remember about this film is the start, because they're playing Frisbee. And yeah. that was pretty cool when you were a kid, like wanting to do Frisbee uh-huh. in, in Miami or wherever it is, uh, Florida yeah. or whatever. It's it's based. And I always remember that being good. It's quite clever, though, isn't it? Because you see the Frisbee in the sky. And yeah. you, it's trying to make you think it's like, like it's a flying saucer. Um, but then... Yeah. Yeah. But they do that and, three times. Though, I know. So I know, they keep doing that uh, before the spaceship thing happens. Yeah. But... Nobody would know, would they? You know what I well, mean? I, like that, nobody's seen the film yet. So yeah, exactly. I only saw the trailers. Uh, so I think I think it was a case of giving you the impression that things can fly without anything inside them. I mean, because frisbees, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, they can they can go a pretty long way. I know not as far as a bloody spaceship, but that, but that's not the point I'm making. <laughs> it's Has like, there ever been a frisbee in space? Fight <laughs> <laughs> with the frisbee. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Feel like two thousand and one. You just need the, the opera music and stuff. Right. No, as you're saying, the music for that was absolutely terrible. It got better. And it gave you the impression that the frisbees were like yeah. 30, 40 foot high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were only about six foot off the ground, and the, yeah. you know they're only showing you the dogs' heads, uh-huh. which. But have you ever been to a competition where dogs catch frisbees? <laughs> you know what? I've never, I've never owned well, a frisbee. Well, it'd be good to like, go. You've never owned a frisbee. He had one, I think. I think, I think that counted as yours as well. You never threw <laughs> God knows what he did with it. Threw it to the space. Yeah. <laughs> Just going around the earth in orbit. <laughs> well, this was the thing. I was hoping he was getting on about the music because... At the beginning, you were saying the music's pretty crap, like, mm, and yeah, you know, giving you the impression the dogs were like jumping to the music, the frisbees <laughs> were flying to the music, you know, and oh, it was pretty dire. But then, two of the two things that the um, with the spaceship, um, when uh, what's the kid's name again, David, David, uh, mm-hmm. when David gets on the spaceship, the uh, the spaceship that when it's controlling itself is pretty raw it's pretty straightforward and it's it's ordering david around all mm-hmm. the time yeah and its voice is very harsh yeah and yeah. it won't, it doesn't want anything it just wants the information out of david's head it knows david's had all the information put into his head because apparently it tells you it's the, the robot inside the air uh, spaceship has had a bit of an accident yeah that's how not a poop or anything. It's had it's had some sort of crash. The NASA people find it and it's like the, yeah, the it's, pylons or yeah, whatever. It's it? crashed out somehow and mm-hmm. his computers have all crashed. But David has got all the information yeah, in his head. That's what I didn't get. Why has he got it? We don't know. Why is the it's the UFOs put the information in his head in his and head. then deliberately crashed? <laughs> that's, what it's like. that's what it's like. It doesn't really give you that information. Yeah, I was thinking weird, about that where the 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 computer the spaceships. Going, uh, oh, we better back up these hard drives somewhere in case we have a crash. What, where will yeah. we put that information? Well, wh- why don't we uh-huh. just put it in this child's child's head? And then it it needs to it needs to get the information back out of the kid. Yeah. And but how does the computer inside the the um, spaceship get David? To come back into the spaceship 
It doesn't. It doesn't tell you that either. No, it's, it's, it's like it's called the, 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 the computer. If the he, com- he has a voice in that. The computer's he? inside the hospital, maybe, and when he's Aye. having his nightmares and dreams, maybe that's what it's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, he's been away for eight years because he's been to the spaceship's home, home planet. planet yeah, uh-huh. and, and that's that, what the spaceship. Yeah, needs. and he's he's travelled at the speed of light. It's explained. <laughs> And that's why? why he's the same age yeah. why? and everybody else is aged. Why has he been to this planet? Why did it take him? He's, he's fallen down. Got a, loads of he's fallen down the got loads of creatures, like a giant yes. eye. Yeah. Oh, it collects creatures like from different eye. planets. So yeah. Yeah. you think so he's collected him? So that they can take them, so that the computer, the spaceship can take them home to his own planet, show his planet's occupants of how all these other planets uh Less superior than his own Nazis um, again. Nazis again, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and there was there was saying David is one of the most unintelligent people that he's ever or people aliens that he's ever picked up before knows absolutely nothing. One mm-hmm. of them's just an eye. He's got to be more intelligent than the eye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and another one's just a little. Rubbery, uh, I like that thing. The thing that he, I normally yeah, don't like the cute thing. I, know, the cute always yeah. but I remember that from being a kid. That I remember the ship because uh-huh. it was all silver inside yeah, and everything, and change shape, uh, and change shape and stuff like that. And I like that as a kid, but I think I was a bit uh, scared of the all the tests, yes, uh-huh. as a kid. You know what I mean? Well, That's, could, could you, like you were saying. Who did all the tests? It was in, in the past. It was the NASA people or worse than I thought you were going to say something else, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like the NASA people in this. But NASA are supposed to be the goodies, aren't they? Yes, really? they're supposed to be. They're trying to get... But the, not in this. Try, they're trying to get the information out of them as well. Aye. How does he know the spaceship? Where's it come from? Why has yeah. it come to collect him? Uh-huh. What's, it doing, what's it doing on the planet? And mm-hmm. they're trying to catch him up all the time. What we haven't said, when David gets into the spaceship, David just goes... Just get me out of here. And he says, where? The spaceship says, where? He says, 200 mile. And it just goes straight in a straight line, 200 mile from wherever he was. First, yeah. He says 20 miles, oh. I think, and he goes straight up. And then he's going, yeah. no, no, up, man. Brett, did you like this when you were a kid? Um, I, I remember it. I distinctly remember it as a kid watching it. But I think it was one of them that I watched at a friend's house or something. I enjoyed it, but it was it's never up there with like Indiana Jones or Star Wars or yeah. anything like that. Do you know what I mean? But I still enjoyed it. Um, I I think I remember you remember the way that the robot talks or the alien talks, yes. don't you? More uh, than anything else. And he starts putting yeah. on silly voices and what have you. Aye. And that's when the spaceship opens up to David, mm-hmm. and that's when he starts finding all these aliens. And then there's more of a relationship with. David rather than the harsh yes. sort of yes, uh, all running him about and stuff. Do you know who the voice of the spaceship is, Cliff? Well, I do now. It's Pee Wee Herman, isn't it, Paul Rubens? Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Uh, at at uh-huh. the time, they didn't they didn't say who it was because I they think didn't say. Uh, you want he, it a secret? I think he said like you want this machine to just have an anonymous voice. You don't want it to associate it with an actor or whatever because people will think one yeah. thing or another. Yeah. So uh, uh-huh. he had a diff he was on the credits as Paul Moll rather than uh, yeah. Paul Rubens. So yeah um but he's good like obviously he's one of the main character in the film really isn't he other than, yeah. Yeah. Other than David. Just and uh David's voice is really whiny and annoying. So I'm 
happy to have somebody else. I think he's really good, by the way. Joey Kramer, I don't think he's uh, really in much else after this, but uh, playing no. this role, I think he's really good. But I, I always remember his, uh, his polo top. You see, shirt, fantastic. It's one of the best of the yeah. 80s, isn't it? It had only been eight years he'd been missing. Mm-hmm. How old had his mum and dad got? Nah, you know. They'd because gone of the worries. It was a downward spiral, wasn't it? From, from being in the 30s or whatever, yeah. he'd gone right up until about 50 <laughs> or 60 yeah. years old. Yeah. I know. It was the worry, the grief. His brother had got to be a kind of uh, good-looking young lad. From the brother's with... good, isn't he? I think he's. I think he's uh, probably the best uh, actor in it for me. I think he's excellent yeah, he, when he's a bit he's older. He played a good link. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he played That's a good, good link yeah. between the the two ages and disappearing and coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Veronica Court writes in it though, isn't she? She's uh, the the mother. Yeah, she's uh-huh. an alien and uh-huh. loads of other stuff. And Cliff De Young, Cliff De Young, as well, he's a musician and uh, an actor. Uh-huh. Well, I recognise his face because I, I I remember him being in all sorts in like uh-huh. the eighties and yeah. stuff, but mm-hmm. like just popping up like in a film that you might watch on the TV. So yeah, I recognise his face. In, much Fifty young. In the in the sixties, he was in a band called Clear Light, which aren't a famous band, but at the time. They were playing with the Doors and Jefferson Airplane and all oh, of that right. kind of stuff. They were fairly famous in their own right in that scene, but obviously not yeah. internationally. They're not still known. So he had a whole career uh-huh. like that before he ended up being an actor. Um, have you have you listened to them? No, but I, I was I meant to, so I'm going to listen to them. You meant to. This. I haven't. I haven't <laughs> had time. Who knows? Haven't had time. <laughs> but yeah, he's like probably the most recognizable actor in it. I think. Um, and the brother well, goes on the court, right? and him, I think. So apparently, uh, she was going to have the Ripley role in Alien at first. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that she didn't. Yeah, I don't think she'd have the same impact as Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Really, I'd, would I'd, you? I'd prefer to see Sigourney Weaver stripping off. Yeah, too yeah, yeah, yeah. In a little yeah. underpants. In a little <laughs> underpants. But <laughs> what about the NASA uh, Gaji? What about the NASA um, chief? He was a pretty recognisable face. And for the life of us, I know fine well I didn't put his blooming No, I don't down. know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I think he was telly stuff more than anything. He's called Howard Hasserman. Howard Hasserman. I didn't know who else he was in, really. I recognised him, but definitely. I recognise um, his face. I'm sure he's been in a load of television stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's telly the, stuff. There's a few of the faces that you recognise, isn't there, in this? Mm-hmm. But for sure. Yeah. Don't you think they've nicked the plot of Stallman a little bit on this? Story? Yes, yes. I was <laughs> going to say the same thing. It, it's yeah. reminiscent of a few different films. It is, I. It is, I. Definitely, because there's always this thing in the 80s, and it went on with the X-Files and stuff like that, uh-huh. of like, you know, in this case, it's NASA, which uh-huh. I was surprised about, because like, like I said, they're supposed to be the goodies, and, uh-huh. you know, kids in America in the 80s would have been told that NASA were the goodies, wouldn't they? So it was strange that they were locking David up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Huh? There's like anything alien that's always the government chasing. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, either the yeah. alien or a human <laughs> or whatever that's got something to do with it. So it reminds us of Stormer, definitely. But did, do you think much happened after no, all that? Not really. It's weird because I, yeah. I was watching it and I, as a kid, I remember the Frisbees. I remember yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker and the little canine thing that he climbs inside I remember the shape of the ship and stuff and the floating steps to get into it Yeah, I remember yeah. the little bat thing that doesn't have wings that he carries around with him and uh, and I remember 
the Beach Boys I get around. And I can't remember anything else after that because nothing else really happens, does it? Like, no, you, yeah. what, you, you kind of decide. That's like the peak of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, uh-huh. oh, got to end it somehow. So he, 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 he sort of goes home. His brother sets up fireworks so he can find his home. But and then he decides not to, to leave, does he? Yeah, but the thing was, the spaceship didn't think that David yeah. would stay alive to do the return home to yeah, bring him back time. to his own age, like with everybody yeah. else still at his own age. It would be a pretty grim end of the film if we disintegrated on that return. Well, that then exploded. <laughs> that would be great. If he, if he tried to get, get back home and then the, his head just exploded. Because the yeah. computer would be furious, wouldn't it? Because he lost, lost all of his maps. Well, it's a nice ending, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's it's Disney, uh, isn't it? It's, yeah. Well, uh, distributed by Disney uh, anyway. I don't think they made it. I think the No, it was it an independent film because I think Disney knocked yeah. it back at first and then ended up buying it to uh, mm-hmm. distribute. Um, so the music, actually, another thing with the music is by a guy called Alan Silvestri, um, who yeah. also did music the, for Back to the Future. Predator. And Predator. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, this is the He's first great. the first all-synthesized uh, original yeah. score. This like so Absolutely, no like yeah. guitars or pianos or anything mm-hmm. like that in it. It's the first time it was fully synthesized. Um, so yeah, he's doing lots of scores for Robert Zemeckis and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think this music's great. I think the highlight everybody remembers the Beach Boys in it. Not everybody can yeah, remember the, the actual film music. And it's directed by. Do you, do you do much about the director, Brett? Did you have a look into him? A little bit, I uh, Randall A. Klesser, is that how you say it? Kleiser, 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 Kleiser probably. Kleiser, um, uh, another German. More the now. director, More. yeah, the director <laughs> of Greece, Greece, aye. Uh-huh. And there's a, a Greece song when the, the parents are in the car, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah, the, so, so there's a couple of funny little things that I think, but also I don't know if you notice when he gets on the plane, he's on the plane on the spaceship, he uh, you. You're watching his feet as he's stepping onto the silver yeah. floor, and there's a flux capacitor thing in the one yeah. of the tiles that he stands uh, on. Um, so there's little bits like that that you know blink and mm. you miss it. Um, but I thought I liked it. I think my memories of it all made us think it was better than it, it is when I've watched it now. I still enjoyed it, but uh, yeah. it's not. I don't think it's a classic like you people well, might assume it is. Yeah, it's a cult film. Yeah, isn't it? yes, and now it, it, it is a cult film. No, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think what what got us at the time was there wasn't many uh, sci-fi films just for kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this was just for kids, and so it was good to watch it again. So yep. that's why I suggested it. You know, yep. I couldn't <laughs> remember the time travel stuff. Like. Right. So when I watch it back, I've completely forgotten about the time yeah. travel. Well, I knew that. You, I knew that was. I had gone missing for eight years, but I couldn't remember I like, like all those bits about this light speed and all and how much time yeah. it would take. Like obviously as a kid, I think that goes over your head a bit. Goes over your head. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I'm good. Thanks, Dad. It was nice to revisit it. Nice suggestion. Sure, Brett, glad, I think I'm you've got a quiz. It. I enjoyed it. What? Quiz? Oh no, I'm not any quiz. You don't, you don't like the quiz? Do you? You don't like quiz? Oh, I love the quiz. Nah, you do, man. I'm only joking, man. I didn't realise you had a quiz book here for me. Well, no, I no, <laughs> I, 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 I thought he would 
like sort of remember stuff in his head, you know. <laughs> Whereas you look stuff up and you think, oh, I'll ask Paul some questions on that. Normally we do. Well, <laughs> you know how busy work is. So yeah. right, then, this is for you, Brian. Me? This one. Hey, I know a note. Well, you'll find out. The DC Comics character Snowflame got his superpowers from what? Hello. Do you think? Now I'll give you a clue. It's, it's a naughty not- drug. <laughs> well, yeah, I would assume it'd be cocaine. But it is. Well, but done. How, how do you get it? I've got no idea. Does it not say? No, it doesn't say. It doesn't say that. But there you go. Right, Mr. Cliff. Mm-hmm. It's all on the same theme. Until okay. 1916, cocaine and heroin could be bought over the counter of what very posh London shop? Selfridges. No, Harrods. It's Harrods. Well oh, done. You're winning. Stole it. You <laughs> <laughs> if the earth had no clouds, what would happen to the sea? For either of you. Well, I'll throw yeah. it out there. Here it goes. What the, would happen? The sun, the sun would evaporate the sea, surely, and it would turn it would turn to salt. But the then sea, you would have clouds. The sea would evaporate, <laughs> is the answer. Well done. <laughs> Very good at this, isn't he? There you go. Right. I'll not ask that. because that, But I might ask this because you were talking about it earlier. But I'll have to... We asked both, Cliff. Well, <laughs> kind of. If you remove the water from every life form on Earth, it would be enough to cover the Isle of what to a depth of half a mile? <laughs> it's really daft, Matt's. <laughs> the, isle, the Isle of I would just the Isle of Man. Yes, oh, it is the Isle I of Man. You said we've mentioned it before, so I thought the Isle of White. No, <laughs> I thought you I thought you said the Isle of Man. There you go. What were Bing Crosby's last words? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Do you know? I hope it's going to be a white Christmas. <laughs> that was a great game of golf, fellas. I yeah. think he was playing golf. Well, in his head. In his head, he was playing golf. <laughs> he, he was on a large amount of morphine. <laughs> God knows what he was doing. Right. Um, in Sweden, right, mm-hmm. what is known as a thousand needle prank? Uh, now, uh, if you have any boys here, you'd like to pick on other kids at school. Like a hedgehog. A hedgehog. Thousand needle prank. <laughs> you can see a Chinese. Oh, can you see that? Yes, you can see that. It's in the book. <laughs> a Chinese bird. A Chinese bird yeah, is right. the answer. There you go. <laughs> have I got that read? Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, you're not good at these quizzes. <laughs> George H.W. Bush wears socks with whose face on? Homer Simpson. No. No, it's got to be him that's just been president, man. Trump? The answer is his own face. What? Obviously, that was what I wanted to say. (laughs) (laughs) Where were human rights invented? Human rights? Yes, where were they invented? What country? Have a guess first, Paul, Cliffy. Switzerland. No. No, Iran. 
<laughs> and they get to give them to everyone else after that. I oh, they, they did. They did. <laughs> we they don't need from theirs. What do Germans say if they don't care about something? What? What do Germans say if they don't care about something? Mm. Well, I've got a saying that they used to say over there, but it's a swear word. So it's a git long swear word, and you can't really say it. Because um, <laughs> it sounds like a swear word anyway. I haven't got a clue. Right, I haven't got a clue. It's a sausage to me. But <laughs> in German. It's but a verse. German it's well. a verse to me. Exactly. Right. Have I got another one? Who? How many dogs are there in the world, man? Uh, all right, I'm going to try and... any... Have a guess. If a rusty bullet, I mean, not rusty bullet, what was his name? <laughs> Dusty Road. Dusty Road ran here, right? And he said, <laughs> Brian Clifford. How many dogs are there in the world? Guess how many dogs are there in the world? I'm going to try and work it out. I think you'll win a thousand pounds, Ryan. All the wild, all the wild animals, man, poor. That's a thing. Cliffy, I should say. Cliffy. Um, I think. Have a guess. Three thousand. What? Three thousand. I think it's a bit. I think it's a few more than that. I'll say three billion. Three, mil three billion. Hey, one billion dogs in the world. Well, so you are the closest. I'm closer than you. Three thousand dogs. What I, was a terrible two, guess I was two billion out, but I was still close. <laughs> well, no, you weren't, because I was. One, <laughs> I was. I was, I was, out, I was, I was one still billion still out. I like that. Oh, God. That was good. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for your quiz, Brett. I think I would because yeah. of that last one. I don't think that I'm was the, the that was the tiebreaker. I would like the. What's it called? Like white, <laughs> that was the wipeout round. That was last. That was last school wins. Close oh, yeah. to <laughs> On next school wins, I should say. Right. Okay then. Let's let's say thank you, Dad. Thank you for thank you. Flight of the Navigator. Thank you, Brett, for mm -hmm. your quiz and your general bonhomie. Um, and let's listen to some music from amateur ornithologist with nightmare fuel. Is that the one I said? Yes, name F. I've listened to it again tonight, and I'm surprised how re you can really get into this song. It's it's got it's one of them songs that the more you listen to it, the better it gets, and I, I really really like it. Mm -hmm. I, I like all his music, like, I but this is one uh, of the ones that I really like. I think it's. And thanks for having us on, Paul and Brett. Right. It's, been, no it's, been a, it's been a privilege, and I hope I haven't been so too boring for all no, your no, listeners. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'll speed your voice up or do something like that, make it like Benny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 right. All right. Let's play the music. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers, Dad. Cheers, Brett. Yeah, well, good uh, night. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.
deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.